bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 22. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these, from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal as always. And if you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, Do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and many more to choose from to listen to past episodes with awesome guests. And it is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community support in the sport of motocross. And we are a part of... Uh, of a awesome sport and I want to thank you guys the listeners for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX podcast and we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and of course everything in between and with that there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode first We will get into the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship round number 13 from Atlanta Motor Speedway, which I was in attendance from press day all the way to the post-race conference. We uh, will speak about uh, my experience as a first-time journalist and more uh, from my Atlanta experience, and then we will get a call-in from Jared Lesher, who made the 450 Supercross main event on a two-stroke for the first time in 17 years, man. That is a very, very long time, and Mike Brown was the last one to do it, and man, Jared got it done, and he agreed to come on, and that is awesome, and we're going to talk to him about that and why he has chosen a two-stroke to race this year, AMA Arena Cross, and much more from Jared coming up soon. Then we will get into the heartbeat of this sport, uh, the local motocross racing with a call-in from Charlie Forbes, who is the owner of the newest trackside support trailer at the local races, PR Motorsports. Uh, Like I said, at the local North Carolina motorsports races in North Carolina and more. Speak with him about why he has started the business, the Rider Support Program, which is an awesome program that he has started. I want to ask him some questions about that, local motocross racing background, and much more coming from both guests shortly. And of course, you guys already know, so much more that we will get into this episode. Make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you guys have not already done so. You YouTube supporters, subscribers, we appreciate you guys so much. It's still growing, even though I've been a little, uh, I've been slacking on my duties this week as far as uh, my second full-time job, this one, Uh, getting things rolling, uh, starting to go to these Supercrosses, trying to get things done and trying to get the funds up, trying to uh, get to go to these. And, man, I want to thank you guys for supporting us on all the social media platforms. We uh, 
you know, as we continue to grow, uh, it's really simple. A like or a follow can go a really long way along with some comments. And uh, we try to comment back to each uh, person that comments. And uh, yeah, before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and we have a brand new announcement later that will feature a brand new sponsor here on the podcast, so wait for that. I, I'm super stoked about that, so you don't want to miss out, so make sure to keep listening, and don't forget to check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance. Like I said, I've been slacking this week, but we're going to pick it back up, so we're going to have a lot of ton of or a ton of new things in the works and already live. Make sure you go and check out the sponsor logos at the very top banner. Uh, check our Patreon out as well. All of our social medias are up there uh, for your guys' um, convenience. So make sure to go and check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance. And we will get more into each of the awesome companies that support us here in just a bit. And make sure to support the ones that support the sport. Like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes. And of course, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast. The highly likable, knowledgeable, and of course, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion co-host, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? Bringing me in right. I love it. I love it. You got me pumped up right now. Hey, we had a week off last week, so I I had to, you know, put some oomph into the uh into the introduction of the co-host yourself. Oh, you you brought me in like it was the UFC heavyweight title bout, son. I'm ready. Hey, you know we had a week off, which was unfortunate, but hey, I was grinding, trying to make sure that we can get to Atlanta, and if this this week, uh, we're back. And, uh, man, we have a lot of action to get into and um, a lot of racing action that's been happening these last couple of weeks, Heavy D. Oh, dude, 100%. I'm excited about it. You know, of course, we, you know, you, we, we had to have that break last week. I know you did, man. You you was grinding, doing a journalist thing at ATL, kept capturing all the action. So, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to – everybody need that little rest. You know, you got to have that little rest to regroup and get back right. Absolutely, with pretty much two full-time jobs and two dogs and a uh, girlfriend and, yeah, man, life. And, yeah, just trying to, you know, figure it all out. Trying to make sure that, you know, I set a good schedule for everything and uh, kind of don't employed, uh, implode myself, uh, you know what I'm saying. So, um, but before we go any further, West Virginia Motorsports, if you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a brand new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, scooter, whatever it may be, find your key to fun at West Virginia Motorsports in Princeton, West Virginia. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride. And of course, Heavy D, don't forget to get those oil filters and air filters but don't catch them on fire. Yeah, we we still trying to retain the catchy filters on fire. So hopefully nobody has tried to test that theory or, you know, even try to attempt to set on fire. It ain't a pretty situation. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely not. It is not a good situation. And Pops or whoever 
will not be stoked on that. Uh, those things are 20, 25 bucks, and man, it yeah, you better make sure that you don't catch them on fire. Somebody's not going to be stoked. But Heavy D, man, Supercross from this past weekend, Monster Energy AMA Supercross, round number 13 from Atlanta Motor Speedway, and man, Heavy D, it was uh, it was so cool um, to just to experience, just to just to be able to have you know that key to the back door to be able to you know walk around the pits kind of feel the vibe feel the teams talk to some riders and see what their opinion is and um man it was awesome going up to the press box thinking about it right now and um nicole and myself were sitting actually where the paddock ends they had like a concrete um pretty much block all the way across to where some filmers or some people like team and whoever else is you know in the paddock uh after all of the fan fest um individuals get out we were sitting there during practice and i was taking uh the photo actually that i have here on the uh thumbnail here um man i was just looking at it, i was like this is so cool like i've never been in this spot right like I can't I can't believe it I guess that's what I I just took it in for a minute I just you know took a deep breath I took it in I realized like kind of where I'm at and it was a really cool feeling heavy D oh you know that's I mean I know it had to feel awesome but I mean honestly that just goes to show how much you like love the sport like where your heart is with the sport like how bad you wanted to be there how bad you worked to get there and dude, this I bet it's the best feeling. I know it is. Oh, it definitely is the best feeling outside of, you know, winning a big race or something, right? Like that's kind of a big accomplishment for me if I go out and win on, you know, racing, right? So I mean it was the same thing. Going to press day and walking through the tunnel and just walking through there and I know that, you know, I'm good to walk through. Like it's just it was a different type of nervous. Like I can't I can't really describe it like I don't know it was it was weird but at the same time heavy D it was cool um I helped Starling out I went to the uh gas station and got him some ice so I helped out Stardog so that was my donation of six dollars for two bags of ice for Justin Starling because uh he didn't have any ice and he had all of his food and stuff in the cooler and and all of that and uh but the track was really, really cool. I really liked how fast it was. The only thing is, is that it made for boring racing, in my opinion, just because of um, how fast it was. And there wasn't really many passing options. It seemed like everybody kind of did the same. But the separator was the whoops, and they were very, very challenging all the way through um, the day. But other than that, experience-wise, I had a phenomenal time. Oh, dude, it, <laughs> the whoops, <laughs> straight claimers, <laughs> like. Oh, I mean, dude. from Thrasher to uh, Joan Cross to, you know, uh, whoever, like there was, Adam. yeah, 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 Adam, yeah, yeah a Adam's, man, that was not, you know what, though, I'm so glad that Adam got back up and he was good to go and he didn't break anything or nothing was seriously wrong, so. Uh, but yeah, it claimed a lot of people. Oh, dude, it was, it was brutal. But it looked, it, it looked good, man. It's, 
it's funny because I, you know, I was sitting there, I was watching it with my pops and my mom, and uh, it, it's funny because like my dad's pretty good at like calling out like what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And you know, when Sexton got out front, I was like, oh, well, we, we'll see. It's probably only going to be a matter of time. And he was like, oh no, he gone this time. He he ain't giving this one up. He gone. And sure enough, he went and got that win. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I actually agree with Pops. Um, when I was up there in the press box and I was watching it, right, Chase got out front, and for some reason, I didn't watch him. Like, I didn't watch him to see if he was going to make that mistake, right? Like, I wasn't keeping an eye out on him. I was really watching the the Webb and Tomac battle, um, trying to see what was going to happen there. And uh, I, of course, watched the Roxon and Barsha battle there all the way, up, you know, until the end. Um, but... Yeah, at the 10-minute mark, I heard Lewis Phillips and some of those guys chit-chatter about Sexton. I don't know what they said, but I want to say that they were like, oh, boy, this is kind of the spot that it, he you know, normally throws it away. Um, yep, but, man, from practice qualifying, even though Tomac got him in the first qualifier and free practice, um, from that third qualifier on or pretty much all the way throughout the day because I got there when free practice started, so I got to watch all of the guys from the very first time they hit the track all the way until the end. Tomac looked good to me off the rip, obviously, because he had the fastest. Chase was right behind him, and then Barsha and Roxon really stood out to me uh, past that. But it was really cool to kind of see him, like, going in the staging, right? Like, it's something that, you know, we have to do, right? And they all have to do it as well. Like, even though that we do it at a local level, they're doing it at a professional level. So I was kind of looking at it like that, and it's – and it's cool to see, like, different riders talking to different riders and different mechanics talking to different mechanics and laughs and jokes and, uh, you know, shit talk and, like, all of this other stuff. Like, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's – see, that's why I can't wait to go hope this something with you next year, you know? Yep. Because, like, I want to actually – I want to do, like – like, I know you like doing, like, the, uh, journalism, but I actually want to be, like, media. I want to take photos and capture moments and stuff like that. Yeah, because um, I think that's pretty cool, you know. Like it was, and the reason I say it is because, like, say you know, like sex and him being out front. It, it's funny because I feel like you know the reason he got out there and was like that because everybody's eyes was on Tomac and Cooper. It seemed like yep, that's yep. that's what all the attention was. And I mean, he got out there and rode his race, and I mean, also, I don't know if a lot of people paid attention, but. Dude, like, for me personally, watching Cooper, he just, like, I don't know if it was his body language when he was riding, but, dude, he looked like a totally different rider. Yeah. Like, they talked about just... the fork setting that, that he changed, and he changed it, um, you know, coming or last week, and then now is kind of the first time that he got to really worry, or I guess really test it. So um, that was kind of the talk. Uh, of the weekend, um, but I was I was kind of surprised that he held off Tomac at a speedway, but at the same time, just mentally, he's he's so good and he's you know very consistent. So um, and everybody was was very close in times too. Like the top eight nine riders were within you know a couple of tenths you know of a second off of each other. So. Um, that was uh, very, very interesting. Oh yeah, you know it was. Everybody was close. 
But, you know, it, it was – if you watched him, it was like – usually I feel like you watch Cooper ride, and of course he's going fast, like he rips. But if you ever watch a guy – if you ever watch, like, Tomac and Sexton, like, you know when they was battling outdoors. Yeah. You could just look at them and be like, they are fucking hauling. Excuse my French. Yeah. Like, they're moving. Yep. It was like watching him – he looked like that. Like, all right, like he is legit. Like he's, he, ready. he's going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. He's, he's really ready. To, I think he's running outdoors, but I'm pretty sure he's, is he running outdoors? Uh, well, he went onto the, uh, Pulpamex show and said that he is unsure at the moment. Oh, okay. So, okay. So we'll see. He says that, uh, he can't, Confirm or deny WSX. So, oh, yes, oh, okay, yes. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't, we don't really know yet. So, he can't confirm or deny. So, well, I, I, I mean, that, that's understandable. I get that. Yeah, I mean, he can make but... he can make a real a big amount of money because he would be the top guy in that series right now, right? Like, there's no other big names um, that are guaranteed in to the World Supercross Championship as of right now. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, so. Well, yeah, makes sense. I get that. Yeah, and uh, we will get definitely more in-depth, uh, you know, talking about Barsha and Roxon and uh, just the whole trip in general. We'll get into it uh, a little bit more here uh, later on in this episode, but right now we're going to go ahead and get the two-stroke 450 Supercross main event rider, Jared Lesher here on the phone. But before we speak to Jared, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, for over 10 years, they have designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. That's what Dirt Industries Custom Graphics does for you. There are so many different options to choose from on their website, dirtindustriesgraphics.com. We have no local legend this week, but we do have a legend in the world of Monster Energy AMA Supercross on the line right now, Jared Lesher. Appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for it. Yeah, man. No, Not a problem. And, uh... Man, it's 17 years since uh, 252 stroke. I know you've been getting this uh, probably all week, uh, but you got into the main event. How does it feel now uh, with, I'm sure, like I said, a lot of support in the world from the industry this week uh, from uh, from Saturday? How How is it now after a couple of days? Um, yeah, it's still kind of reeling everything in, um, just kind of trying to soak it up. But, um, yeah, the the – outpouring love and support has been really cool to see um people have been super stoked on it and yeah i mean i couldn't be more stoked to to be the dude to do it so um after the season we have we that we've had so far i think that it's kind of shooting and yeah uh, just kind of like i said just trying to take it in but also trying to reset for this coming weekend in new jersey um don't want to get too caught up in it just try to keep the ball rolling in a positive direction yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was I was cheering you on because I was, uh, you know, in the press box and I came down 
uh, to use the bathroom and get just kind of get out for a minute and listen to the fans in the atmosphere. Uh, you know, the crowd and myself were losing our minds watching you come through the pack. And I said on lap two, I just, I, you know, kind of red eye laser on you because I could just see that you were moving. Because uh, on that first lap, I didn't see you. And then on that second lap, you were right there, like very close in seventh and sixth. And you were catching those guys up front. And, um, man, were you nervous on the on the last lap? You got by uh, Marquier there in the whoops. Um, and kind of after that, you, you know, got away a little bit on that last lap. Uh, were you nervous at all? I don't think I was nervous. Um, I was more or less just, um, I was really surprised that I was honestly even in the spot Yeah. Uh, just because of how far I started back. I, and on the last lap when Michael gave me the pit board, my mechanic, when he threw the pit board for fifth, I, I didn't really believe him at the time. So. Um, but then on the same lap, right shortly after that, I saw the three Cowies in front of me. I figured AP was obviously gone. So, um, but yeah, the, the, saw the three Cowies in front of me for second, third and fourth. And right then I kind of realized, I was like, man, it's kind of make or break right here. Um, right before the white flag lap actually. So, but no, I don't think I really got nervous. I was more or less, um, more or less just trying to focus on just getting through the lap without making any major mistakes um and try not to slow down too much either because I, I mean I had pressure behind me as well yeah you know, I mean you don't want to let up too much right yeah I saw you look back there uh after the uh, the first set of whoops after the wall um you came across yeah, yeah. yeah and you look back and uh you saw that you had a, you know a little bit of a gap but like you said on that last lap you still want to push make sure that you know the guys behind you or somebody's trying to push you know all the way up to the last lap of course in that last chance qualifier you know it's uh it's you know it's death out there sometimes you know for that final right, spot right, so yeah. definitely got to hold Anything it up yeah for sure and uh this year you have really stepped uh stepped out of the light um i feel like uh as far as your name goes uh on this yz250 and you've made mains before right um but yep. what really interested you in the two-stroke before the start of the uh, of the year what really got you interested um in choosing that machine for supercross and ama arena cross at first i think it was just a fun idea that we had you know um between the the you know the small groups that i work with and um even my family just kind of kind of going back and forth with it and um thinking about something different that we might be able to do something a little bit um you know more creative in a sense um and then we came up with the idea of doing like the 87 keith bowen uh tribute bike um and honestly we ran with ran with it from there but i i spent one day on supercross in december um and it was the first time that i had ever put a two-stroke on a supercross track and i was super impressed with the bike i had so much fun that day and i i just i couldn't i couldn't wrap my head around why the bike felt so good um and that's really odd to say because i've been on a lot of good bikes riding supercross or across that kind of thing so right. um but it was just it was really impressive a lot of fun um and then the question at that point was you know what would it be like to to try to do 17 rounds of supercross on this thing try to get through the whole season and then obviously that transpired into doing some of the arena cross rounds um, you know, that, that made sense that we were a little bit closer at the time when Supercross went back out West. 
um, we kind of stayed east and, and hit some of the shoot, uh, some of the uh, kicker in across grounds. Yep. And that worked out for us as well. So kind of dabbled in both. And um, yeah, I think the I think the results kind of show. But um, you know, we we've had positive you know results in both series, and obviously the main this weekend or this past weekend in Atlanta would be um, you know the tip top. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been fun for sure. Um, I, and everybody keeps asking me, am I going to stay on the two truck? I, yeah, at this point, I, I don't feel like um, we would want to change going into next season. I feel like we just want to build on this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the Imperative MX podcast episode number 22, speaking with Jared Lesher after getting into the 450 Supercross main event after 17 years on a two-stroke. Heavy D? Yeah, man, it's, it, it's cool because um, I don't know if you're – I'm pretty sure you remember, but I've watched you ride a two-stroke for, like, a long time. Like, matter of yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. Um, I was at – I worked for a kid you battled with at the regional at Bud's Creek in 2014, Micah Trainum. <laughs> and That's um, so cool. Yeah, dude. And I remember – it's pretty cool because, like, I remember after y'all came off, like, he had got the whole shot and he was chasing him. And uh, I don't think he realized it because he was just – I think he was pumped to be out front, but – like, I remember when you passed him, you know, he finished set second and you, like, check out or whatever. But, like, y'all come like come into the impound and y'all were sitting there talking. And you had told him, like, yeah, dude, you was pulling me up the hills. And he didn't realize that. He looked at you like he was crazy because he was like, dude, you on a 252 shirt. Right, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on right. a 250 And I, I was like, nah, dude, you was pulling him because Mike only weighed, like, 120 pounds. Right, that. right. But I, I always thought that was pretty cool. So, like, Thanks. watching you come through the pack, I was like, okay, yeah, he's getting in. Like, no doubt about that. If, it, if For me, if it, anybody was going to do it, it was going to be you. Like, you've been yeah, ripping on that thing that. all year. So, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Oh, yeah, you know it. Uh, you had Blair, James, and Ricky calling the action this weekend uh, for yourself making the uh, the main. I saw that you posted it uh, not too long ago on your Instagram. That's got to be pretty cool, too. That, I mean, they were giving you hella props on the broadcast during that last lap. I mean, all eyes were on you, even the TV. Yeah, yeah, that was super exciting to see. And obviously just hearing those guys commentate about it is um, you know, it, it's something you can't even dream about, honestly. Growing up watching those guys, idolizing those guys for so long. I mean, yeah, what more could you ask for, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, so so damn cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love those guys being in the booth and having James and Ricky um, and Daniel Blair obviously does a really good job. And having Weege, I think they've done really good uh, as far as the commentating uh, side goes absolutely. to give everybody absolutely. a really good uh, in-depth uh, perspective because they were talking about a little bit of the advantages and disadvantages uh, of the uh, two-stroke versus four-stroke on uh, Supercross and um, I guess right. you know for the listeners that don't know what are some of the advantages and uh, the disadvantages outside of the start obviously um, right what are some of those uh, that you can tell so far um, after you know rounds and rounds of racing it now the biggest thing other than the start, I would say, are like the on-offs. Um, it, it seems like an odd place for the for it to be tough. But, um, yeah, the bike just really doesn't have the, the grunt or the torque to, like, get off the offs all the time. Right. Um, so I feel like that's almost um, 
a little bit of a disadvantage, especially whenever it's hard dirt, it starts to get a little bit slick. Um, you really got to put a lot of body English into it just to be able to get off those offs clean right. and then be able to triple through the next transition. So yeah. um, that's been kind of a, a weird space. But um, also whenever the track breaks down a lot and gets super, super rutted, um, to where you have to start cutting down the corners really sharp um, and really shortening up the corners. The thing is really hard to ride uh, when the track gets like that. And not only is it hard to ride, but if you have to ride it for, you know, eight minutes consecutively, it's like, I mean, trying to hold on to something that's constantly trying to rip your arms off. So right. um, the, it, it likes momentum. It likes rolling the corners if it can. Yeah. Um, but uh, honestly, other than those two spots, like the thing's great in the whoops as long as I can make it and just – hit them i mean with confidence i mean it's great in the whoops yeah um which is really surprising you know being how light the bike is but it tracks like a tractor which is yeah it, it's it's really cool it's like i said it's surprising it's impressive um you know technology has not came too far on that bike for a long time so yeah um for it to be you know feel that good yeah it's 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 pretty neat yeah and it can still get it done in a 450 you know main event the you know, premier yep, yep. supercross championship of dirt bike racing. And, um, that's got to feel pretty cool. And actually, uh, we speak about it here on, uh, the podcast. When I brought you in, we were speaking about, or I talked about a local legend and that's what we, uh, do here on the podcast is speak about North Carolina, kind of South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, like all of those local legends around. And for sure, Mike Brown, you know, who was the last one, yep, is yep. definitely one of the ones that we get from around here. We had Les Smith on uh, on the podcast, and we've had Bitterman, and um, we've had Jim Neese and Luke and, you know, a bunch of others from around. And, yeah, uh, Mike Brown is is uh, one of those that's on top. And speaking of that, do you, uh, from your area, for the listeners that don't know, where are you from? And if you can give us maybe a local legend around that area that was just somebody that was just balls fast that you watched when you were growing up and, kind of was just unbeatable and maybe was underrated in a lot of people's eyes um yeah so i grew up actually in the north uh in pennsylvania in a small town elderton um and once i was 18 me and my parents moved to georgia um lived here ever since but um yeah so growing up uh the dudes that i grew up watching that were just like unbelievably fast um brock hepler yep was very close to to my area where he grew up and um, obviously got to see him a lot. Um, Darren Durham was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I had to, I had to yeah. race Darren, uh, in 19 at high point and 25 plus for a regional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, his that's hometown. Yeah, that's his down. home track right there. Pretty much. That's right. Yeah. So that's right. Uh, but yeah, continue, you're not yeah. wrong. No, no. That, so yeah, getting, getting to watch those guys growing up. Um, and then obviously another one would be, um, Dylan Slusser, he was older than me, yep. but um, idolized him as well growing up, and gotcha. his style, everything like that, was really really cool to watch. And um, yeah, those three are really the biggest ones that stand out to me that I can think of. But yeah, um, nonetheless, yeah, super super cool to be able to grow up with dudes like that and um, get to kind of watch them and kind of grow into their shoes in a sense. Absolutely, because Hepler beats Stu. You know, and and pretty yep, much students. I do prime. know. So yeah, I so, do know. Yeah, he said I do. Bad Trust dude. me, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad dude. Oh yeah, I was always a guy that what you know really enjoyed the underdogs. You know, the guys that really weren't 
Um, you know, the ones that were winning, but they could still be there and they could win at any time. Um, I really loved right. those stories, and that was definitely a Brock Hepler story. Um, you know, Absolutely. he he could win championships. It's just he could he get it done right and uh, absolutely. Kinda, you know, yep. kinda, so um, going back to AMA uh, Arena Cross uh, Championship or the Kicker uh, Arena Cross, we spoke um, after the Salem uh, race, uh, which was your first career main event win. And uh, before that, you were traveling to the AMA or to the Arena Cross races and Supercross races like the next day. Um, did you have any involvement? I, I know you said it a little bit earlier with Arena Cross before this year's, and what I guess sparked your interest in doing some of them? Yeah, so um, my kind of my entry in the pro racing was Amzo Arena Cross in 2016. Okay. Um, okay. I've been doing like the Ricky Carmichael thing, like trying to get my points for Supercross, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, and then I, I actually did pretty well at the beginning of the season, um, and I stuck to it, and I. I I ended up committing to doing the whole season. Nice. Um, and that ended up working out. We ended up third in the lights class. Nice. Um, two years in a row. So um, 2007 or 2016-17 and then 18, I actually rode for Tyler Honda um, in the Amzo Arena Cross Series uh, running for the uh, West Series title. Um, and then, yeah, then the series shut down. Yep. Um, and then since there was a lot of rounds of the Arena Cross, like I said, that um, we're over east whenever Supercross went back out west. Um, we were able to hit some of those. And even when Oakland, uh, the second round of Supercross, like we were out west at the beginning of the season, Oakland got moved because of the rain. Um, and then there just happened to be a, uh, an arena cross that was somewhat close that weekend. A bunch of Supercross dudes went to it. Yep. Um, had a really good turnout. And, um, yeah, that kind of got, got our feet wet again and got us excited about it and saw the series was doing a really good job. And, um, kind of bringing back what Amsoil was doing before. And, um, yeah, yeah, we kind of just got excited about it and uh, kind of ran with it. Yeah, I that's where my top accolades come from in the sport is actually arena cross. Um, I did it from, nice. you know, when I was really young, and I got to watch Jay Coop on a 60 and 80 beat everybody yeah. every single weekend. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, got to watch Jim come, uh, you know, race as well. And he trained me, Jim Neese, for about 12, uh, 12 yeah. 13 years and uh, got to learn from uh, them and a lot of other guys, obviously, in the sport, like Josh Thomas uh, that was there in yeah. Salem that had that gnarly crash. He was, he's a local legend in, in myself and Heavy D's opinion. Like, he's he's one of those guys nice. that, was a, that was a legend to us, and he raced arena cross and um, – Man, those were some of the best times and some of the best racing. And uh, it didn't really get the uh, – I, I guess really it didn't manifest really into what I think it could have been. And uh, now that it went away and now it, that it's come back, uh, do you feel that it is progressing to get back to what it, I guess, used to be and maybe even uh, better moving forward? Yeah, I believe so. Um, with the way they're doing things right now, I, I think it's uh... – um, really cool system they got going on, um, especially this year with being able to do like the motivate and the support, the uh, being able to sponsor riders directly, like through their website, through their app. Yeah. Um, being able to do that. And, and that way the riders can actually, you know, kind of, they can create their own revenue at that point and kind of sell themselves um, in a way to where they can gain more money and, and be able to help themselves and, um, kind of with their travel and, and everything in between. So yeah. to get to the races. And I bet you, um, you being on a two stroke, I bet you that thing lit up. 
Yeah, yeah, it was really cool because yeah, yeah you, you just kind of have those those people that just love the sport, love the old school two strokes, and uh, yeah. just kind of want to see it out there. So yeah, um, yeah, I mean, fans jumping on it on the kind of on the bandwagon, and yeah, that, that's really cool to see too. Yeah, heavy D. <laughs> yeah. So this is gonna be a weird question, but <laughs> I've always wanted to ask this to somebody who's like ridden a two stroke a good bit. Like, say when you're racing, usually, like you're in the heat of a battle. Sometimes you know you get that nervousness to you, and yeah. it's just certain things that like can get you calm. Does right. the sound of the two stroke actually like calm you down when you're in the heat of a like heat of a battle? Uh I dude, honestly, whenever I made the pass for fourth in the LCQ and I was able to to come through the whoops wide open at the end of them and then like jump out onto the start straight. And I mean, probably at the time I wasn't thinking of it, but looking back on it now and like looking at the video footage, I mean, dude, when you hear that thing in the video. Uh, you know it means business. I mean, it's the thing is no joke. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like it's not it's not a 450. It doesn't have the same power. But I mean, I, dude, I will challenge anybody to ride the thing, and they they are gonna be impressed with the power and the way that that thing rides supercross. Um, and I, I'll tell you what, Derek at HP Race Development in Texas, um, he spent a lot of time perfecting this motor and trying to get the power exactly where it needs to be um, for Supercross because it, it is very specific. I mean, you can't just have um, power throughout the whole thing to where it's just not going to work properly. So, um, yeah, he's, he's placed the power perfect. And like I said, I'll, I'll challenge anybody. I, you'll get, you'll be impressed. I don't care who you are. You will be impressed whenever you ride that bike. Oh, dude, like, obviously, the reason I say because like I'm a firm believer. In order to go fast, you gotta be comfortable. And like Absolutely. that video you going through, you had to be comfortable to do that because those whoops were eating people's asses up. Yeah, like, all, all day long. Yeah, all day long, yeah. <laughs> like so yes. to actually see that and then like to have the commitment to do that. Like, all right, I was like, he is extra comfortable on that bike. Like you ain't going through there like that. Like if you ain't comfortable. Like I'm sorry, right. it's it just right. no way. No, no, you're you're totally right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The the motor with the we combined with the Enzo suspension and just being able to kind of perfect the, uh, I don't know. There, there's just a sweet spot with it, and when it's good, it's really good. Um, and when it's a little off, that's another thing. It's like it can be it can be a little off, and the bike's gonna feel not nearly the same. It's not gonna feel good. So. Um, being able to have that set up and have the, you know, the great people around me to, to kind of build this thing, um, and get it exactly where it needs to be. Um, yeah, I mean, is helped obviously a, a huge bit, but, um, yeah, the thing is, uh, dude, it's so much fun to ride. And I mean, going back to the sound of it, I mean, you could sit there and watch a video on replay and I mean, you could be just as entertained every single time. Yeah. Um, and I think any almost anybody can appreciate. It. You do have people in the comment sections that they just want to. They seem like they just want to stir the pot, or they want to be like the opposite of everybody else. But um, for the most part, everybody's for it. Everybody wants to smoke, and it's yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a year. Oh heck yeah, dude! I'm I'm stoked for it. And you know, I love the fact that you're out there riding and, and competing on it. And it's like, you know, you you have some guys that 
I mean, they, they want to compete and they want to get out there and do good on it. But it's like, all right, it's like you really, like, really, really want to do good on it. You know what I mean? It's like you, you're putting in right. the same effort as if you were on, like, a 450 or a 250S, you know, trying to actually fully compete, Absolutely. which you are. But I, I, I like the effort. That, like, all right, like, he is riding the shit out of this 252 stroke right now. Like, he's Thank giving you. it the berries. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're not out there to, to just roll around or – I mean, we're, we're there to race, and we're there for a reason. So, I mean, we, we might not be in the top and, and fighting for any championships or anything like that. But, um, yeah, we, we have our own, our own goals and our own battles, and um, we're there to race just like everybody else. Absolutely. And uh, did you race Tampa? Yep. Okay. Yeah, we were there. Dang it. Okay, I was about to say it would have been a coincidence – if because I went to t- I went to the Salem race when you won your career first, and I was about to say if Atlanta was the first time that um, that I saw you at a Supercross race on the two-stroke that you went and got into the main event uh, for the first time in 17 years, I was about to be like, holy cow! But you were in Tampa. Flying you- it every race. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was, <laughs> I mean, really in in Tampa. Um, I honestly, I didn't even notice you, to be honest. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. How how was Tampa for you? I guess I could ask now. Um, I mean, we ended up pretty decent, but um, I don't. I think we were maybe a spot or two out going into like from the heat race, and then I think we ended up thirteenth or maybe twelfth in the LCQ. If okay. I'm not mistaken, I got you. So, so I mean, not nothing great, but uh, all right. So, so maybe we'll just to. we'll just black that one out, and that doesn't that didn't happen, and we'll just you know we'll just call it a coincidence. Focus now. on so, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus, yeah. Focus on Atlanta. We'll forget about Tampa, <laughs> and we got two in a row, and we'll maybe make it three in a row this weekend. I'll see you this weekend in New Jersey. So. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. Let's so, go. so I'll see you on press day. We'll talk and, uh, yeah, man, let's, let's make it happen. Three in a row. Uh, heavy D any final questions for, uh, Jared Lesher here? Nah, just do keep ripping. I'm pumped. Like keep shredding the two stroke. I mean, I love it. Everybody loves it. I'm all for it. Heck yeah. Let's go, baby. Awesome. Hey, Jared, I appreciate it. I'll see you, uh, on Friday, uh, uh, probably around noon or so probably. Right round yes sir for press day so um anyways i will see you then buddy i appreciate it and uh talk to you soon all right thanks fellas yes sir no and that was jared lesher here on the imperative mx podcast episode number 22 man it was good to talk to jared heck yeah dude that was i mean it's awesome you know hearing from him and it's crazy like he, he hadn't nobody else has spoke to him huh uh pulp did pulp did okay okay Yep. I couldn't remember. I, I, for some reason, I thought they did, but I, I didn't think they did. But yep. Okay, um, so they did. Yeah, so I, I listened to that as well. So I tried to um, – I picked a little bit of different questions, but he also threw in some uh, good knowledge as well uh, for everybody to kind of get a grasp on on everything. And, um, yeah, man, he's uh, he's so cool. He was down to do that interview after the AMA Arena Cross uh, race in Salem and – Really, really enjoyed his conversation there, and really cool to see that he is succeeding on a two-stroke in 17 years, Heavy D. That is ridiculous. 17 years. Mike Brown, 2006. That's crazy. Man, it's 
here's what I say, and I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to get off topic here, but oh boy, I feel I, I feel, you know usually when I do this or when you do this, we we end up going way in left field. What, but, as I say at the very beginning, as you know, <laughs> we <laughs> we get into much more here <laughs> on the pod. But all right, let's go, Heavy D. Yeah, dude. I feel, dude. Uh, the arena cross dudes are nothing to play with. I feel like future should go back to arena cross. Dude. Yes, yes. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> yeah. it needs to go back from Colt Nichols to Austin Forkner to Jared Lesher to all of these guys dude. that came through the arena, dude. When Austin Forkner beat uh, Bowers and uh, Hayes in thirteen and in. in uh, like Greensboro and like some of these other places. No, I think Jacob might have got him that year, or maybe it was a different year. But anyways, when Fortner came in and beat these guys, it was ridiculous. Like it, like the whole place was just amazed at what they just watched. And yes, I believe that that needs to come back. Like you need to go and race like almost kind of different, but the same, a little bit more tamed down. The whoops are bigger, so you're gonna anticipate. I mean, the whoops at Supercross is smaller than the whoops at Arena Cross, just maybe not as not as long. Well, I mean, if they have one whoop section with 8 to 10 or 8 to 13 at their longest, I mean, it'd be the same just as an Arena Cross, just those things are bigger. Man, I just – the reason I say because, like, dude, like, Arena Cross, it was gnarly when they had to go do that. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I I'm not against the futures, but like honestly, watching it to me is, I mean, it's not super interesting. Like the kids, they're racing. I mean, they're just racing the ones they race in the amateur ranks, trying to get like, pro license. Well, I like, feel like they're also just racing the track too, because they're brand new yeah, into like, it, right? Like they're they're just new into it, and I feel like it's just a different vibe at at an arena cross race. Like, and we're not, you know. Not shitting on futures here. Like I, I do enjoy no, it. Like no. this weekend, I wanted to go to New Jersey because it's a futures race. Plus, you know, we got the two fifty showdown. Um, but I think like it would be so cool. Like, what if Peters, Bitterman, and Lesher had to deal with Daxton Bennett, Casey Cochran, like all of the? You know what? It would make AMA Arena Cross jump up, and Supercross would still be the same. It would still Dude, be the I'm same. I'm saying like. If you watch them chop it up with Bitterman feeders, like, like, okay, if you want to, for, for me personally, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know, like, Deacon, he's still ripper. You got guys that's going to go rip Supercross good regardless. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, let them go chop it up with some of these veteran dudes like Jared Lesher and Bitterman and Kyle Peters and a handful of others. Like, dude, I'm, it'd be so sick. It yep. would actually – I feel like it would bring out a total, a completely different aggression yep. than what they have in the futures right now. Like, you would see a lot more out of a bunch of these kids because, I mean... You learn think... so much from, from racing arena cross that people don't know. Like, from racecraft to being able to be at a very high intensity right off the rip that could help you mm -hmm. in an in a LCQ whenever you get, if you have to go to that or a heat race or whatever the case may be like these are very quick races at very high intensity and that's the same that you're going to have to do in a heat race or an lcq whenever you get to supercross so 
100% heavy D. I am on board. Um, stamp it. I'll get a tattoo of it. Let's do it. Yeah, dude. You know, I'm with it. I just feel like the last thing I'm saying, we can be off of it. <laughs> but All right. um, I, I just feel like, you know, you got a lot of uh, young up-and-coming riders. They go to these races, and some of them, I think in their head, they know where they would finish with the, the kids in futures already. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. But I feel like a bunch of them, they look at the arena cross and they kind of like get like, and I'm not thrashing on them, but they, they I feel get like a they vibe side like, eye it. Like they just side yeah, like eye these, it. Just, these, eh. Like these dudes can't mess with me. And yeah. I feel like it, they would get more of an aggression if they went and raced them because they feel like they would have something to prove. Yep. Rather than just going to futures just to try and get in a position to get your license yeah yeah i i agree i agree 100 percent, heavy d um i agree with you and um but man i i really enjoyed that conversation with uh with jared and um mika metals strives to be the leader in product quality their bars are constructed by 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having to flex riders desire Mika's sprockets are made from 7075 aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. Go to MikaMetals.com, check out their inventory, and see for yourself. You see the Club MX riders have them on their bikes. Jeremy Martin this past weekend unfortunately had a gnarly get-off, but it looks like he's going to be just fine going to New Jersey this weekend. Um, and, um, man, many of other teams and riders out there are using Mika Metals, so make sure to go to MikaMetals.com and check them out. Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help you eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. And I tell you what, from GNCC to snowmobile, snowmobile racing to motocross racing, whatever it is on the daily, Pretty much anything that you do, Hydropower is there for you, and Heavy D has seen it firsthand experience. And he's tried it. Heavy D has tried oh, the Hydropower. Dude, the Hydropower was on point. I felt tremendous with the Hydropower. I'm with it. When I get back on that bike, I'm full-fledged Hydropower. When I'm in the mouth's booth, I'm full-fledged Hydropower. Hey. Go to drinkhydropower.com and get your blue raz today. Brand new flavor uh, coming out soon, Fruit Punch, and also they have lemonade, uh, hoodies, uh, blender bottles, anything that you need. Hydropower is there for you. Like uh, like Heavy D said, man, it's uh, it, it truly works. Um, if you've been side-eyeing it like the amateurs to AMA Arena Cross, then um, <laughs> you need to get yourself some hydropower. Do you like that, Heavy D? Do you like that one? Oh, I like it. Yeah. I like how you slid that one in. That was real. That you were thinking on your toes that time. Hey, I was really on uh, on the top of my toes. And FXR from high performance snow rider wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, motocross gear. FXR has you covered. Uh, they also have fishing gear as well. So if you're into fishing, FXR has you covered in that category as well. In my opinion, um, Kyle Bitterman's opinion, and many more, Garrett Marchbanks, 
In many of people's opinion, it is the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. So make sure to go and check out fxrracing.com. And Heavy D, I got to speak with Brad, who is the guy that goes to uh, all of the Supercross races and big races for FXR. And uh, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but he's, he's a guy with FXR. Anyways... Um, man, I got to speak to him, and he's a very, very good, uh, good guy, and uh, stoked for them to be on board with us. And uh, thank you for their continuing support. Total Control Racing Suspension. Chad Newton. He owned an arena cross team for ten plus years, and he knows his stuff. From Luke Neese to Mike McDade to Tyler Bright, Josh Thomas, Jim Chester, and so many more local legends throughout the years that he has helped and he like I said knows his stuff and thanks to Chad and Total Control Racing Suspensions for coming on board for 2023 I rode yesterday and I will tell you what that suspension is plush keeping it really really local with Total Control and uh, I tell you what make sure guys if you have not if you have not gone and gotten your bushings or seals, oil replaced, go and do that. Give your bike some love. Go and give Chad at Total Control Racing Suspension a call, and he will help you out with that. Heavy D, you tell me a little bit about uh, Silver Valley MX Park. The only local national? Here. Come on now. You, you already know. Yeah. Hey. Uh, pro shootout this year. I'm already excited for it. I can't you. wait. It's gonna be off the easy. Yeah, and I was telling you, I talked to Freddie Norn actually right after uh, the race ended. Myself and Nicole went to Mexican to grab some food before we went to the hotel, and we ran right into Freddie Norn. So I had a good conversation with him for about ten minutes, and he's coming back out, Heavy D. He uh, not officially. But uh, he's going to try his best to uh, to make it out there and perhaps again on a uh, another two-stroke. So that will be really cool. And, um, man, that place, like you said, Heavy D, is the only local national. Oh, dude, it's, it's sick. I just, dude, I want to see a full gate. Matter of fact, I, I want to go a step above. I want to see there have to be a qualifier to get on that gate at Silver Valley. Like a Conti? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring the Concies back. Let's get that, that carnage would be going. Insane. Yeah. Dude. That would be so sick. If we could just get, uh, like we said, a full gate, full AB riders, let's go. Drop the gate. <laughs> it is going to be good at the only local national. So make sure you guys check out their social media as well. And you can find them on the interwebs as well. And. Speaking of local Heavy D, let's go ahead and get Charlie Forbes from PR Motorsports here on the line. Oh, Charlie. And on the line right now, we have Charlie Forbes from PR Motorsports. Charlie, appreciate you coming on to the Imperative MX podcast. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure. Man, tell us a little bit about uh, your background in the sport for the listeners that, uh, that don't know you uh, that don't know you well. So, uh, started when I was four, um, been around it forever. Um, I 
quit in 2019 and uh, fell back into it now and started uh, started up the OPR Motorsports and um, you know just been taking off with that. And like I said, uh, went to the Red as a few uh, one time in 19. Got my feelings hurt, so that's what that's what made me quit. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, we're coming back strong. Uh, chasing uh chasing after you in that 30 class here soon oh stop you humbled me way too much at birch creek but uh that's another talk for another day but what made you uh what made you want to start pr motorsports but you know charlie we we've known each other for for a long time and and it's really cool uh from from myself uh you know looking at you and seeing what you've done with pr motorsports and uh you know what you know you guys provide that trackside support to the local motocross uh riders on the weekend so what made you want to start pr motorsports well you know uh you know when i got out of it you know samson cycles was at the track every weekend and always took care of everyone yep and uh when i come back my first race was actually with you at the uh, halloween bash yep and um i don't know if you remember but justin uh kendrick had three flat tires he pinched three tubes yep we didn't nice. have none of the none of the stuff we needed. Yep. And uh, Justin Justin looked at me. He's like, "Just find someone, take it up there, and get someone to change it." Man, I rode the pit bike up there, and there was no one there. Nobody. Um, nobody, man. And I was like, "This is terrible." You right. Know? Right. And uh, and then the weekend after, man, we went. Um, I can't remember where we went, but I had a flat myself, and um, I took it to a guy, and he uh. He tried to charge me sixty bucks, man. I was like, "Golly, you holy know? cow!" <laughs> that that's car payments, man. That's dinner on the way home. So I was like, you know, I need to, I need to step up and help help these kids out. And I yeah. mean, I, it's expensive, you know, to do this, but it's just so nice to get people back on the track and um and really, you know, really get you know see smiles on their faces and actually have support there. You know, um, there, there's other support rigs out there, but there's just not enough to go around for especially with all these new series and all that stuff going around. It's just, um, I try to help as much as I can for sure. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you do a great job just from, you know, obviously this is your first year coming in and, um, it's awesome. And we'll go ahead and, and announce it. You know, we're, we're glad to have you as a sponsor here on the imperative MX podcast. And I appreciate, uh, you coming and helping us out, you know, racing whenever I race or, um, you know, anything that I need or, um, just anything all the way around. And it's really cool that you, you've come on board and, uh, and helped us out, uh, with some of the things that we have going on in the future as well. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. Like I said, it's a bit one big family. Uh, that's what, uh, that's what makes everyone stick around. And that's what, that's what motocross is about is just helping, helping your fellow, fellow rider and, and, um, and just making sure everyone can race and ride. You know, we all we all got one goal, and that's to go home and have a smile on our face every weekend. And that's what that's what I'm trying to do with it for sure. Absolutely, the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 22, speaking with Charlie Fords from PR Motorsports in that North Carolina area. Heavy D. Yeah. So at the at the ridge, you know, you did something. A lot of trackside support doesn't really do. Uh, you're helping out what four riders, I think it is. Yep, yep, four riders this year, and hopefully maybe add some more. But four at four at this time. 
Heck yeah, man. T- tell us about that because when I heard about that, that, that I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, you know, track high support actually, you know, coming, doing this, helping out the kids, you know, doing whatever they can to help them get to the races. You know, tell us about that a little bit. So, you know, uh, growing up, what made me have actually start was growing up, you know, we mom and dad did as much as they could, just like every other family, you know. Um, racing's expensive, so they struggled. And I was, like, trying to figure out a way to get people to the track to not have as much stress and can really enjoy the weekend. So uh, what I did was after after running a few rounds, I kind of figured out how much money I was making. And um, and that's, that's all. I basically, every penny that I make, I turn it right around and I give it back. Um, and that's how I picked these four riders. Um, to start it off, we, uh, we did a, a gear voucher. Um, we gave everyone a thousand dollars to buy a full set of gear. Um, you know, go towards helmets and all that stuff, you know, get them, get them safe and get them looking good. Um, and then, uh, then we gave them some race fuel cause you know, it's actual, it's actual money that mom and dad don't have to spend anymore, you know? Um, right. so we gave them $400 in race fuel and then, we gave them $600 toward bike parts. You know, you look good, feel good, ride good. You know, that's, that's the name of the game. Um, we, uh, we pay for, uh, all their entry fees in the gate. We pay, uh, three classes per weekend. So, you know, they can run three classes for free. Um, you know, and, and that just, you know, that really helps mom and dad out more than the kids. And, but the kids, man, they appreciate it so much. Uh, we just got back from Jimmy Weinhardt's this weekend with, uh, with three of my riders and, Man, the the time we had, we all run a pit bike race together, and and um, it, it was awesome, man. They 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 just the smile on their face is worth every penny of it, um, you know. And helping those kids get there, um, you know, it, it's awesome. And and to see other other companies also, Tag MX stepped up, and they're uh, they're they're helping us with graphics um, and suspension supports too. So, um, so that, that was really cool with Shane and, uh, Trip and them helping us out with that. And, and, um, it, it's awesome, man, seeing, seeing how much the moto community will come together to help somebody. It's just, you need that one person to bring it to light and say, Hey, you know, we can do this. Let's, let's just do it. You know? Yep. So, um, so. Heck yeah. I like it, man. That's, that's awesome that you guys are doing that. And, uh, it just goes to show, um, you know, your your commitment to the riders, the sport, and the families. You know, that's, I mean, that that's what we need, and to help out that much is awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah, we're we're excited, man. We're hoping uh, we got a bunch of um, a bunch of races this year, and uh, we're we're excited for it, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully, PR makes a statement, you know, and um, like I said, we. We don't we don't care about winning. We don't care about none of this, you know, stuff. We have no expectations other than having fun. Um, that's our that's our goal, you know. Um, the, none of these riders are under pressure, you know. Uh, obviously, we want them to ride good, but the main thing is smiling and being safe and going home every day. So, yep. And, yeah, and you know, we don't have that because this is almost like a like an amateur factory support, right? Like paying for gate fees and paying for this paying for that right like you never see that at a local event unless it's a top name kid from you know from pro circuit kawasaki or from red bull or from ktm or um you know star or whatever the case may be right so this almost makes them feel like you know they're something right 
Oh yeah, like this is this is basically factory. I mean, honestly, you know, like you just said, it, it is basically a factory factory gig. Um, I actually had a kid come up to me. He was like, uh, "What can I do to get under y'all's tent?" And that was so that, that was, was so cool, cool. you know. Yeah. Um, he was like, you know, that's a goal, man. You know, for for other future riders, and he's like, you know, what can I do to? And I'm like, man, you're already here. Like, this isn't just for the like these four that I picked. You know, they they're you know, I'll do whatever I need to do to make them ride. But th- this isn't just for these four. This is for everyone. Right. Um. And and I'll do anything for anyone. So, um, it's uh, it's awesome though, and it's it's nice to see that it's uh, it's definitely getting out for sure. Um you know um and people are saying but i said that's you know with just the the gear um and the fuel and the bike parts i mean we also do um we also do like free track side support for them so like this weekend we got a qualifier coming up yep and uh so uh you know we're we're bringing uh bringing the power washers i'm leaving my bike at home we're uh we're gonna have to you're you're all in now so yes sir so the Where, bike isn't going to get sold though, right? You're always going to be you're always going to be riding. Oh, uh, I, I got a I got a new brand coming soon. Oh uh, boy! So uh, so I there is a bike going to be sold. Is but, there going to uh, be three but, yellows? Oh, there might be a. Banana oh my gosh! There is going to be three Zooks underneath the PR Motorsports. Hey, he got convinced. <laughs> he got convinced. Yeah. Oh my hey, gosh. What, what, it, it what might made be you 2024? I really don't know if I know how to kick dirt bikes anymore, though. Oh, so I, I would have to have a He's training convinced. class. And they're gonna have. To hey, I got you, bro. Stuff. Hey, I got you, bro. Hey, you know what? Since you're on board the Imperative MX podcast, I'll give you a lesson for free. How about that? Uh oh. Oh. That's pretty. That's pretty solid. I, hey, you know what? We'll yeah. even double it up. We'll get uh, Justin on his as well. You'll get double whammy on how to kick the bike Dude. again since you've Ow. you've been pushing the button for way too long bro you've been getting too lazy you got to get out here you got to use that right leg like it's intended for kicking the dirt bike yes i i, I mean I'm, <laughs> i might try it i mean i might try it but like i said i, I might wait till like 2024 2025 to maybe see if the electric start comes I don't oh know gosh oh yeah. gosh i don't know I mean, dude, you know, if I got on the Zuki, you know, at least right now you have an excuse for not beating me, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, but you're on a you're on a twenty three Yami, the bike of the oh, year. 20? Oh man, the Come bike of the year. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> bike of the year now. This is facts. Oh. This is facts. Just just speaking facts yeah. here. You know, we don't we don't like to throw false. Uh, false advertisement out here. So, um, but anyways, man, it's it's really cool to see. I mean, myself and Heavy D were up in the announcers tower when um we were ca- you know when you the kids were called out and we could hear the the excitement from the families and how much it meant to them. And I think it really opened up a lot of people's eyes to what um this could turn into. And maybe I guess looking and for upcoming future plans for PR Motorsports, what's a really good like two or three year goal that's that's in your mind that um, you know realistically isn't going to run you into the ground, but also is going to be sustainable and good for your business. So, uh, so the long term goal with us is um, you know is really 
just keep expanding really but um the main thing is you know if we if we can get to that point where we get known a little bit better and people know us when we show up and um and we sell a little bit more like like these big businesses like motorsport and stuff i can beat their prices a lot of people don't you know and i know it's easy just to go in there order it and go on and i'm working on a website as, as well right um and uh, i got a storefront in the process also so that'll help a lot um but we're we're just really i mean the track side is really something that i want to be supportive in the most right um because you want to help and, the riders uh, the most right yeah and, and and the way that we do that is basically you know if we can get business um and you know work with people um and they really see how good we are. I mean, you know, just, just for instance, you know, with fuel, um, you know, I see people paying $130 a pail and this and that for fuel. I mean, and I can beat everybody's price by $10, $15 usually. I mean, that, that doesn't go far, but, um, and I can charge that same price and they're still going to buy it from me, you know, but right. I, I still can cut them a deal and I can make money and I can sell more. Right. Um, so, and, and that's, that's the main goal, you know, is just come in and, and um and show people that you know these com- these bigger companies are really not not there for them um you know i see i see a lot of companies you know and it's not it's not i'm trying to take it you know it's it's a kind of a cutthroat business but at the same time you know there's money to be made um but it, it's all like everything that i make is give back um, right right so that you know that's something that, you know, a parent can see after a year or two or maybe after this year, they'll be able to see like, hey, I bought tear-offs and I bought goggles from and all this stuff. And then I give out a free pair of goggles at the track one weekend or something like, well, dang, we got, you know, we got our money back. We didn't even spend any money with them. You right, know? exactly. Uh, yep. So, so I mean, the more the more volume I get with, uh, with being able to help people at the track and have everything they need, um, the more I can give back. So that's, that's my long-term goal is just kind of build that. And, and, uh, we plan to be at Minio's this year. We plan to be at uh spring of ding out in Texas. We're going to, we're going to hit that one. Nice. Um, we, we plan to be at, um, Daytona for next year. We'll be there. Cool. Um, you know, we, we got a bunch of big, big events that we'll be there and we'll have a big tent up and, um, I actually, I bought Samson cycles, old trailer, the big, the big oh, trailer. That nice. had. So, uh, I actually just closed the deal on that this week. And, um, so, uh, we're not going to use the trailer, but, um, uh, we're, we're thinking about renovating it and making it, you know, revamping it because that, that was my childhood, man. They were there every weekend. Yep. You know, yep. so it was, it, it'd be cool to see that trailer maybe back in the track, just a little, little revamped, you know, bring, yeah, bring that it back would be... to life. That'd be so cool because Samson was part of was part of it, and so was um, a lot of other ones, right? But Samson really sticks out, especially in the um, in that Virginia, North Carolina area for sure, because they went to a lot of the races that we went to in District Twenty Nine, and also the NCMX series. And um, speak about the M- NCMX series, and um, I know Mike is uh, is really really happy that you guys are on board this year as well. Um, speak about that series and. Um, what they've done for you, allowing you to come in and uh, be a vendor there. Oh yeah, so Mike Farman, super guy. Um, I called him. He uh, he asked me what I could do, um, this and that, and I told him I said, "Look, man, I'm just starting out. I don't really know much about it." I showed up my first race. He was like, "Man, 
you you haven't ever done this, and you you like you're doing way better, you know, than I thought. Right. And then uh, you know, I got a list going, and and he just, dude, he just basically put me to light, um, and really, really put me to the front front of the road before anyone. Um, you know, I tried I tried to reach out a few other series, and they didn't really want us out there because I mean, you know, we're a new company, so right. It's and I understand, um, and I don't have everything as of right now, but I'm working on it. Yep. Um, every every time someone asks, I get a notepad. Yeah, you know, get a little notepad out, write down what I don't have, and I make sure I have it the next weekend. Absolutely. So, um, yep. Um, but NCMX, man, the people in it. Um, you know, it's it's like home, man. It's like the old days. Yep. Uh, the gates are the gates are full. Uh, good competition. I mean, uh, you know, you you go to most of these a a play like you could actually watch the a motos and watch a good race you know um and you don't you know especially 60s 80s 50s man it's all there you know yep uh it's a great it's a great series and it's awesome you know um and they have a lot of ncmx has a lot of big races this year um they do you know there's a lot of we have some pro-ams like this this weekend is a pro-am and a red leg qualifier and and the uh round number four for the ncmx series as well so yeah it's a big weekend happening at uh in CMP. Yep, yep. We'll be there tomorrow. So <laughs> awesome! It's yeah. it's starting. It's starting for sure. So hey, you're you're yeah. driving down to uh, or driving up? Is it up for you or is it down for you? Over. 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 It's actually over. Straight shot. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. I got I got to drive down to Greensboro um, tomorrow for uh, for a flight. I got to go up to uh, New Jersey for um, go to MetLife for this weekend and. Uh, if I did not go, I was going to try and make it down there uh, for sure to uh, to help you guys out. And, yeah, speak about Justin a little bit. Justin, honestly, Kendrick, he doesn't get the uh, the spotlight, and he's going to hate me for bringing, bringing him light onto here if he even listens, which he probably won't, but it's okay. Um, speak about Justin, man. He's a, he's a very, very good guy. He's like a dad to us at the racetrack, right? If anything goes wrong, we go to Justin, right? And Justin normally can figure it out. Oh yeah. He's, he's the lifeline, man. He's the call a friend, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's the photo, he's the photo friend kind of deal. Uh, yep. and him, man, we've, we've got pictures of being him, uh, from time I was back on like 65. Um, he used to take me to the track because he was he was 18 and I was still too young and he would sign me in like he was my dad so I could ride. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, dude, we have the stories go on and on That's and on. Awesome. We, he had this little Ranger and uh, we would pack all our bikes in it. We drug a bike down the road one time when I was a kid. <laughs> strap come loose. Uh, lost lost four or five cell phones. Uh, we leave them on the tailgate and. Uh, I said it was the danger ranger for sure, and, uh, but he he's really the he's really the star of the track side help. Um, yeah, he's he's the tire changer, the the bike bike fixing whiz kid. You know, um, he uh, he helps me with everything uh, for sure. Helps me set up, helps me um, pack up. He he he's there hundred and ten percent. You know, uh, we uh, and he's actually. So we're we're having two rigs now. I know, uh, I we, saw that. Yeah, yeah, we got two rigs. So uh, Justin actually jumped on jumped on the map and bought him a van, and we set it up to vend out of. And nice, um, you know, you might see us at two races in one weekend now. Wow, uh, you know, you might, 
might might split up every now and then and uh and try to you know try to promote the business and help as many people as we can no and that and that's uh, awesome I, I didn't even know that right and i'm pretty close with you guys and that's uh that's really cool to see I, I i like that that you guys are spreading out a little bit to um cover as much ground as possible and like you said help help as many people as possible right so yeah yeah that the more available we are the better we are and the better we can help uh and um and like you know with the with our big plans this year with videos and uh and a couple of the winter am stuff and and a couple of the big national events that are coming up you know uh i'll be with the with my four riders um and then you know i don't want to don't want to leave ncmx hanging i don't want to leave anyone else so basically justin might stay back and kind of help with that right so um right you know it is it, basically we could cover every cover more ground right. um and do as much so um for sure i think i think justin man and like i said he's he's really he's a heartbeat for this too you know uh he helps just as much and uh you know we we went this weekend he's like man he's like just to see these kids and how happy they are like he was like this is just awesome you know yeah Um, and he he's got three little ones himself so yeah um, no kidding might 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 see one of those out on the track here soon we're uh we're trying oh boy yeah Heavy D? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, word on the street is Heavy D is like, you know, he, he trying to get back in shape. What he got to do to get up under 10. Hey, I can vouch for his 2011 C-Class championship. A whole C-class champion. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, you know. 2011? Yep. So we're a little rusty. But I think I think with a little, you know, with a little lube, I think we could get you under the tent in a couple months, man. Uh, I'm no, I, I'm no Alvin Baker, but we could get you there. I mainly uh, just I, I need that gear sponsorship because you know the the more thread count, the higher the expense is for the gear. So I need that <laughs> gear sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Speaking of gear, man, wait till you guys see what we got cooking. Um, the uh, canvas, Michael Reed. Um, so I have a little background with them. You nice. know, uh, I went to school. I went to school at, with Andrew Lieb on the on, on track program. Nice. Uh, growing up, so I hit up Michael, and dude, Michael is putting us a little little sauce on it. I tell you, we got uh, we got about fifteen sets of gear coming in, and let me tell you. Some these good, boys are gonna look fresh that um, that's cool so, man. yeah and, and lee being a supercross guy obviously and and being in the sport for as long as he has and um you know having drew adams and noah stevens and a lot of these other uh top amateurs uh in in that gear it's super awesome that you know he's willing to help you out oh yeah Dude, he's uh he's really took to it, man. That's an awesome company that doesn't get a lot of recognition, um, and the the quality is uh is amazing. Not definitely, uh, definitely needs a little more spotlight for Canvas for sure. Um, it's it's awesome gear, and you get exactly what you want. It's nothing, you know. You don't have to look like anyone else. You can look like you, you right? So, um, so but like I said, we have that coming, and um. Uh, and we got some got some good graphics skits going to be showing up here soon. Uh, where you'll definitely see us at the track for sure, um, and uh, it's awesome. Can't wait to show everybody. So yeah, no, that's awesome. And um, what 
if somebody needs to get in contact with you on social, um, where can they find you at? So uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, PR Motorsports. Um, and then uh, if you can't get a hold of me there, obviously uh, my cell number, uh, it's, it's posted all over everything, or uh, Charlie Forbes on Facebook. Um, so uh, any anyway, uh, like I said, uh, we, uh, we'd be more than happy to help whoever. And especially especially zach you know too and and heavy d you you get me some gear sizes man we might get you in a kit i got a i got a yz 450 i might loan you get them get them in uh in in the rip heavy d needs to rip some sometime soon oh yeah yeah uh i ain't gonna lie it's gonna take more than a little bit of grease or butter or to like you know pop uh, but I'll I'll do something. I'll do what I got to do to get under that camp. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Hey, uh, go ahead. Uh, so uh, I definitely want to bring the light. You guys are more than welcome to come out. Everyone's welcome to come out. So we are having a PR ride day. It is uh, it's free. We're accepting donations, but we rented Windy Hill for June tenth. June tenth. June 10th, we will be there. We rented Windy Hill. We're going to have a water slide. We're going to have a bouncy house. We're going to have hot dogs, hamburgers. We're going to have uh, – I'll be there vending, of course. Uh, the four riders will be there. Um, but all day long, you know, guys come out. We're going to be raffling off a Stasic bike, a 6D helmet, and a uh, and a Traxxas uh, Truggy uh, RC car. Nice. Um, sport nurse, sport nurse jumped on board. They they donated us the um, the Stasic bike. Um, so shout out to Sport Nurse for sure for that. That's and, awesome. But like I said, it's it's a it's a hundred percent free. We're taking donations. But um, other than you know, other than that, it's uh, we can't wait. You know, that's that's June tenth at Windy Hill. Uh, there'll be a flyer posted out here soon. Um, and it's basically just going to be a PR appreciation day for everyone, and everyone's welcome. Um, basically get out there and get to ripping on that track and uh, we love that place it's my favorite track um, in North Carolina as of right now uh, they, um, they 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 did a good job with that track and uh, it's real safe for the kids and it still has good flow for the big bikes so that's um, awesome it, it's a great place that's awesome and yeah uh, next month actually Windy Hill uh, May uh, towards the end of the month I will be announcing there so that will be the first time I've gone to Windy Hill and quite a while i haven't i haven't landed in ellerby in quite some time so i definitely got to go back there and it'll be fun to announce uh, one of the ncmx races there and i'm sure that you will be there as well so it'll be another fun weekend and uh get to hang out with uh, yourself justin the kids and and all of that and speaking of kids you got one on the way charlie i do i do august uh gonna be here in august and uh can't wait uh, gonna have a little girl, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, she'll next. be on that Stasic before you know it. Oh yeah, uh, I oh. think uh, I think she'll be on. She's gonna ride it out of the hospital. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heavy D, any uh, any final thoughts? Nah, just congratulations and girl dad. You'll love it, bro. Little girls are the best, man. Yeah, I ain't going to no nursing home. You know, a boy would send me straight to the nursing home when I get old. So <laughs> I think the girl will probably take care of me, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah, like, right, right. 
I, yeah. I got eyes going to no nursing home now. So. Yeah. No, I don't think any of us do, right? I'd, I'd much rather go in the uh, in the security of my home, but um, but yeah. man, it's uh, it's awesome what you've done in a short amount of time, and from where you were in 2019 to uh, to where you are now, and um, just been in the sport um, and love it just like we do here uh, at Imperative MX and the, re- and the whole reason that we wanted to start it as well. You know the backstory behind Imperative and I know the backstory behind you as well and you spoke about it here and uh, man, it's just awesome to see. Super proud of you and uh, man, we'll uh, we'll see you soon, buddy. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, man, definitely and uh, you guys take care. Uh, like I said, definitely uh, appreciate appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah, man, not a problem, Charlie. We'll talk to you later. All right, see you, man. Later, buddy. See you, Charlie. Forwards from PR Motorsports here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 22. Man, Heavy D, that was a, that was a good local talk right there. Oh, yeah, dude. When I know when we was at the Ridge, and, uh, you know, he, he named out the, the four winners of the PR Motorsports, you know, factory back. And it, it was pretty cool seeing all the parents and families who was like getting super excited about it because oh yeah when i found that i was like what are they so excited for and then when i heard about it i was like oh this is a sponsorship sponsorship yeah and i didn't know how much he was giving out until i saw the flyer and i'm looking at it and i'm like oh my gosh this is like pretty much a factory support here at a local level like this is awesome you know like oh dude, you think about it with all the people well i mean caught him out i'm crazy oh boy with all the stuff he's given out if you like basically add up how much it is and it's taken off with that family's plate they can go buy another bike for the kid an extra bike oh absolutely i mean how much money that they're going to save with three classes that they're able to enter the entry fee is on pr motorsports i mean that's so cool like just the entry fee alone right like never mind the gas but that's the only thing the parents have to pay, pay for now is the gas and food. You know, like, that's cool. Like, everything else is covered. Like, what else could you want, you know, especially at a local um, level? Oh, dude, it's, it's unreal. It is unreal. Man, uh, man, I love that local conversation, and uh, it was good to have Charlie on. And uh, obviously, earlier we spoke, uh, we spoke with Jared, and it seems like a really long time ago, but man it was uh awesome to have both of them on and last topic to get into heavy d is supercross for new jersey this weekend uh we got the supercross futures back in action so we'll have daxton bennick Ryder de francisco uh, i probably butchered his last name right there but yeah just forget about that we'll say Ryder d uh then we got the 250 showdown uh so we'll get the hunter hunter brothers or i mean the hunter brothers i'm losing my mind too heavy d uh the, the lawrence brothers uh, battling it out. Um, what's your thoughts? Do you think Do you think either one of them wins, or do you think this is a normal showdown when somebody unexpected wins? See you. You don't. You don't hit me with a loop on that one. Sorry, buddy. I if, was. Here's what's funny because I was sitting at the first when you first said showdown between the Lawrence brothers. I was stuck on that, and then you hit me with the. An unexpected win, and I was like, "Oh dang, that, this is a hard one." Yep. Last year uh, in Atlanta, when I was there, Hunter won um, against Craig and uh, Jet, and you know all of that. So um, Jet did fall for you, for you guys out there. He did fall in one of the corners, I think, and had to come through to pack. But still, he got it done. So 
Uh, what's your thoughts, Heavy D? Who you got? Let, let me, let, let me. I'm, I'm gonna give you a good one. I'm gonna put it like this. All right. You, I think you're gonna like this. This right here. I think I know. I, I think I like, know what you're gonna talk about. Uh, is he on a blue bike? No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No, no. All right. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm gonna say this. How I put it. I feel like this is gonna be the race that Hunter will prove that he's not the slower brother of the two uh dude he could do it 100 percent. i believe I, I i'm right there with Kiefer and all of the you know some of these other media guys and and people you know also uh that hunter just looks better this year i don't know what it is but i mean he you know he's been very consistent he's been very fast he's able to i mean remember the tampa race where he had to come all the way through to pack and lat and got thrasher there on the very last corner like that shows grit and determination right and confidence and all of that good stuff and yeah i, I mean heavy d i could see it 100 percent. i could see i could see that happening yeah dude i just i just don't feel like he gets the credit he deserves in my personal opinion i feel i don't i mean of course jet had may have he's may may have won more you know um Granted, you know, Hunter's been hurt a bit more since, you know, they've been in the States. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't feel as if Hunter's the slower brother. You know what I mean? I just, I think just like media and big sports, they gave him that narrative that he's the slower brother. So he's really had to fight and prove that he's not and i feel like that's kind of gotten his headspace a little bit yeah yeah i could see that 100 percent, and i agree with you also on that same topic that he is uh i think he's very highly underrated um even though that he's winning which he shouldn't be underrated but compared to his brother right um and um a lot of p- other people right uh, i think that he is mm-hmm. kind of overlooked and overshadowed um but he is very good this year and yeah it wouldn't surprise me if um they do race and he even said at the press conference like you know hey whatever happens happens right i'm there to race and whatever you know whatever happens happens so um but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody you know like hayden or jordan or um rj or somebody like that could you know make it happen and um also you can't forget that or can't forget about that hunter could wrap up his first Supercross title uh, and be the first uh, champion uh, champion this year in Supercross. So he could do that this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, dude. I, I mean, Hunter's been riding fantastic, so yep. I can't wait to see. No, it's going to be good. And uh, we got the Futures back. That's going to be that's gonna be good, like I, like I said. And we got the Showdown. And then, of course the 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 very good 450 supercross battle that we have right now i mean uh web made up one point on tomac and um man these guys are getting so good at the end of the season and it's so rare that this happens that barsha roxon um ap i mean ap almost caught tomac there at the end like he was catching them and he was so far back like ap's on another level barsha's on another level Roxon's on another level. Um, Chisholm posted out on Twitter uh, the other day that is exactly right. A lot of people, excuse me, 
a lot of people are not talking about Roxon. Um, because in years past, right, he's fade. He has faded. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that anymore. He's not doing that, right? Like we have not talked right. about that any this year. So he's on a different level. Um, man, it's it's fun. Like the going into the press conference, um, and listening to those three, um, talk with each other and laugh and have fun. Like that was that was cool to see, and it, and the atmosphere was very cool. And um, missed out on uh asking a question, but uh, it's okay. I'll uh. I'll get to that point maybe this weekend to where I can uh that that I can ask a question get my you know I just get my feet wet heavy D I'll I'll ask a question eventually I'll get there I love it I love it it's, it's coming it's coming yep it is but yeah I mean the 450 class is just too good right now you agree heavy D right oh dude it's it's unreal like I I like it because if, it don't matter where like Tomac and Webb is right now all eyes are on them so. It's still leaving the door for other guys to go and win as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, and that's what makes it so cool, right? Like, every weekend, you don't know really who's going to win, right? Because everybody's um has either issues, right, that we think about, a.k.a. Sexton, right? Like, is, can he string two in a row here? And I've, I've wrote about it and other people have talked about it, right, and have said it, that if he gets two in a row – these guys may be in trouble. Like, and if they start getting these fourths and fifths, because Tomac and Webb seem to, they just can't get away from each other from practice, from free practice all the way up until the main event. They literally cannot unglue themselves from each other. When one goes into the mechanics area to change a clicker or something, the other one is right behind them. When that first guy goes onto the track, the other one follows right behind them. It's like they are stuck together. Um, at least that's what I saw in Atlanta was every single time I saw Tomac, Webb was right there. If I saw Webb, Tomac was right there, vice versa, like the entire time. So if these guys get caught up in a fourth, fifth battle every single weekend and allow Barsha, Roxon, AP, um, maybe even throw AC in there um, if he gets a good night, um, Sexton could start creeping up on these guys because – there's no doubt that Sexton could win out, right? Like he's fast enough to win out, right? Oh, I, I definitely. Th- it's funny, like I'm saying this now, but I feel like he, because all eyes is on Tomac and Cooper, things have shifted, so he could definitely win out. Especially with how them two finished this past weekend, it was like what fifth and sixth or something like that. It was it fourth and fourth and fifth. Uh, yeah, Webb got fourth and Tomac got fifth. I can't remember. Sexton's where at in the points right now. I can't he's remember. 17, I know he's 17 behind. Yeah, so, I mean, you think about it. Depending on where they can finish, and it's four, four rounds left, right? Uh, it It is, yep. Four rounds left. Yep. And, I mean, if they was to go, like, one, two, three, he still gains three points for every win. So, yep. I mean, he would if he wins out, that's 12 points. But depending on where they can finish, that could easily – close up and you know i mean if one of them have one bad race right like or you know them two somehow uh get together just because they've been so close right like if they're following each other's line one one guy falls down the other one's just right behind them right like things can happen in this sport right so um if sexton didn't win this weekend 
and Tomac and Webb didn't have the finishes that they that they finished in respectively, then I would say that Sexton's out. But because Sexton went out and won the damn thing from start to end with no mistakes, dude, they may be in trouble. They may be in trouble. And, you know, like I said, like a broken record uh, already, if Tomac and Webb keep getting these fourths and fifths, um, it, I mean, that gap is going to close up very, very fast. Oh, 100%. So, I agree. Uh, it is going to be very interesting. And, I mean, you have to speak about Barsha. Like, Barsha, I feel like he's having the best year that he's ever had on a 450. Would you agree? <laughs> I want to – he is. And I want to say this. I, I want to go out on a limb and say this. I don't know why. Is it you, – you may agree, you may not. But I think it's mighty – all, every time, it, it's a lot of riders that do it. Every time it's like contract season, they miraculously start doing good. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting. But I feel like he's he's there, like getting podium. Like I mean, obviously his first year on Honda, right? I think it was eleven. Was it eleven? Was his first year? No, I can't remember when his first year of four fifty was. Eleven might have been when his start was but anyways like that honda year he was very good 14 or 15 one or the other anyways he was very good that first year and then from there he went to yamaha and went uh uh on jgr he was there for quite a while and all of that right but i feel like just as a year this has to be his best oh it is it's i just that's what i'm saying i don't get it it's like why why are the old guys now so good like what why now in 2023 are we so good um than pre than previous years right like all of the greats re- retired at 27 28 right like these guys are up there in their 30s uh 29 well, 30s and they're killing it they're having their best seasons ever well it's funny okay so i feel like you know tomac i think he he kind of does want to retire maybe I think he's still having fun with it, but it's like these, they, they still want to race, but they don't want to, of course you don't want to go race and put the bill on your own and, and, and do, go that route. I mean, it's that, I mean, that's not the route to go, but you think about it. Like, I feel like in the past several years, the talent coming out of two fifties is unreal. Like it's so many guys that, in like the TV class that move up that don't really get rise in the four fifties that probably could. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I feel like, I mean, of course, Barsh, he, he's given a hundred percent, but it's like, why is it now that it's your contract season? You want to like, it just start all of a sudden it starts to click and you get a two year extension. So that's two more years. You don't have to worry about fighting for your ride. Yeah. It, it, you make a very good point there. Um, but, I, like, for me, I just feel like it's not because it was a contract year. Like, Barsha is, I think, the face of gas, gas, fun, fun. Like, he is kind of the face of that team because that's what their vibe wants to be like, right? Like, I think that he was pretty safe regardless um, going into the year, no? Oh, say it again, I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, sorry. Do you think 
do you think at the beginning of the year, going in, no matter no matter if he got hurt or if he finished fifth or sixth in the series, uh, because I think that he's the face of TLD Gas Gas Fun Fun, like that brand, Barsha, the vibe, that's like his team. So you think that um, he didn't have a chance really at the same two-year contract that he got now um, at the beginning of the season? Uh, see, that's a hard one for me just because man, it's it's great. Man. It's just, I don't know. I guess it's just my theory of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I guess I'm just trying eat. to figure out more of, I guess, why your thought of, of that is because I don't because I don't feel like in years past he really did anything miraculously when he had um, a contract year, right? He would normally win Anaheim 1 and maybe a national and get a couple of podiums here and there in both series, and that was pretty much it. Like, that was enough for him to keep a ride, right? Like, so. Well, if, if you think about it, in his younger days, of course, he did all, he always did more than enough to keep a ride. Right. But say when he went to JGR, he rode there. At first, he wasn't doing. When his contract year did come up, he won some. Like on the Suzuki, you remember outdoors? Yeah, he, he won, won a like a couple in a row. Yeah, he won buds and he won. Um, man, there was another one too. I, I what, he it, won buds, red bud. Um, and it was a several others. Um, and he it got an extension on his contract then. I got you. And, but I, I don't know. It's just. It's very odd it, to see that these guys are doing so well just late in their career. I, I guess that that's where I'm I'm more pointing towards. Like, why? Like, why now? Is it because of the technology? Is it because they can watch and they can learn? They can, they got, you know, multiple different people telling them, you know, this and that. And like, is it just because of the resources nowadays that, um, that we're getting better as we uh at, as they get older. I say we because I'm literally thirty. So um Yeah, I'm no, I, I agree. Like I feel like, you know, like when I we were speaking of Bitterman, you know, when I, I mentioned like I felt like his riding style in his earlier days was above the time of the bike he was on. Yeah. You know, and I I mean that could be it too. You know, I'm not ruling that out by any means. Right. Like the technology has gotten insanely better. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's just it it's definitely crazy to me. Like just seeing those three like on the on the it was it was a very weird weekend. If if like I've been to Atlanta Motor Speedway, right? I've been to every single one every single year uh that they've had it so far this year or at the at the speedway. And I really enjoy the speedway. The day the day races is different, yes, than uh, the stadium um, as far as the show goes but this year they did it a lot better with the fireworks and the fire and all of that like the opening ceremonies I said on Twitter if you guys want to know what's going on at the races from my end make sure to go and check out imperative underscore MX on uh, Twitter if you have not followed already that's where all of uh, the updates from imperative MX will be uh, if it is not on Facebook or Twitter or on Instagram. It will all be on Twitter for all of the recent updates for, um, you know, racing and 
that sort of thing that's going on with us. So make sure to go and check that out. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's so it's so weird to me. I don't know. I I don't even know because it's just so it's so odd that these guys now are getting better and uh, like they're better this year than they've ever been. I feel like like everybody like from AP to AC to AP or I'm sorry AP AC uh, Barsha Roxon uh, Sexton um, Webb. Like, I feel like all of these guys, for some reason, are just having a standout year. Like, and I just don't understand why. Outside, like, Anderson didn't get, hasn't gotten a win. He just had a kid. Uh, he got the heat race win taken away because he uh, went wide open off the uh, off the track when he went off the track. Um, and Barsha ended up getting that win in that, uh, I think it was heat number one uh, of the 450 class. But, yeah, like, I just, I, I don't know, Heavy D. Thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, Anderson, like, it's funny. Did you watch the main event? He just, like, let Tomac go. He let Cooper and Tomac go. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he had he had a good start, right? And then those guys just were on a different level than he was, right? But I understand why, because his wife just went through labor for 18 hours, yeah. and he went through all of that and pretty much got a red eye straight to the race and then got a red eye straight out. So my man didn't get any sleep for a long time. And um, I think if he would have won that heat race and actually got credited for it, I bet you he finishes the main event. But because he got that thing taken away from him, it was just a it was a hit in the chest. It was just like, dude, like, why did I even come here? Like, I can't even get I can't even get a win without even get, getting taken away from me. Um and, you know, I'm getting passed by these dudes right here. I'm tired. Like, yeah, bro, I'm out. Like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm yeah, not, like, not going to risk my life. Oh, dude, like, I mean, and again, I feel like 2024, he's gone anyway. Like, I don't think he's going back to Moscow, Saki. No. Uh, I, I'm dead set he's going to triumph. Like, I, I just. You've been calling it since day one. Dude, I'm telling you, he's going to triumph. Yeah. Like, he don't care. He's like, don't give me, he cares, but. He, you know, he has that mentality, like, I'm going where Bobby Hewitt is. Like, yeah. this is how this is going to work. This is where I'm going. Yeah. And it was so weird last year just seeing just the green side, right? Like, the grass is greener on the other side. And on that Cowie team, no uh, no mean for that to be, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, like, it's it's just – it's very it's very odd. But it's just so weird that – so many guys are so good right now and it's awesome to see like it's so good for the sport because we don't know really who's going to win on the weekend like i said in the beginning it's it's so cool like i i really enjoy this sport and especially right now at the level that it's at from a local standpoint by speaking with charlie and all of this like and what we see when uh we go announcing or go to these local motocross events like I, I feel like the sport is in such a good spot right now and man i feel bad for the people that aren't in it oh dude you i'm 100 percent right there with you like right now the sport is it's crazy where it's at right now and it's, it seems to be only getting better absolutely and yeah, man, it is going to be good. I'm heading up tomorrow, uh, driving down to Greensboro, and then flying up to New Jersey and uh, going. Oh, you got a, oh, you got a flight? Yeah, I got a flight. Yeah, 
Yeah, because uh, uh, you know, you know the situation with the truck. It was not. It was yeah. not going to work. So I was like, uh, I was like, yeah. So Nicole let me borrow her uh, her car to take down to Greensboro, and then I got a really good cheap flight actually uh, out of Greensboro. So um, so that would be cool. And uh, trying to think what else. Uh, Heavy D trained two kids this week. Um, and uh, starting rail car season at uh, at work, and uh, it's starting to get hot. It was 84 degrees today, um, and I think it's going to be the same tomorrow. And we got about 13 to pump tomorrow, so it'll be. Pretty- My guy was boiling over. Hey, I'm, t- I'm dude. I will say that sn- that Snapchat I sent you uh, earlier in the day with me being on top of the rail car when it's about 95 degrees. I mean, it is boiling, sizzling up there. It's hot for sure. Oh, dude, that's extra hot. That's yeah, extra I mean, hot. all of that heat that's inside the rail car, I mean, it's coming right up, and it's going right through your boots, and you can feel it. Like, it's that hot. It, it's it's pretty crazy how actually hot it gets thinking about it right now. It makes me actually want to sweat and drink some hydropower. But anyways, uh, man, that's uh, this is it uh, for, or this is the end of this episode of the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 22 we spoke about, obviously, this week in Atlanta, Supercross. Uh, my first time journaling uh, there for the event. I can't thank the guys at Feld Entertainment and Sean Brennan for allowing me to do these uh, three races uh, under, you know, journalists. It's, it's so cool. Like I said in the very, you know, at the top, it's so cool just to be there and just to see the things that is behind and, um, for myself being in the sport for so long and getting to see it now, like it really makes me appreciate the sport and especially what I do uh, here at Imperative MX. And um, man, we got to speak about that. We spoke about, uh, or we had a call in from Jared Lesher, who uh, 17 years, two stroke in the 450 Supercross main event, nothing really else to go past that other than uh, that statement right there because that says it all for sure. And spoke about an AMA arena cross and uh, just how much fun he's actually having on that bike. And then we're, we switched it up to the local motocross racing action uh, with a call in from Charlie Forbes, owner of that PR motorsports, pretty much factory support uh, at the local level. That's PR motorsports. And we talked with Charlie about that and his goals and what he does for the sport and for you guys as racers and trackside support. And then we just wrapped up the Supercross uh, from Atlanta and also heading into New Jersey, MetLife Stadium, this weekend. And we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board, West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and the brand new sponsor on board that we brought along, PR Motorsports. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter for all the recent updates this coming weekend. Facebook, Apple, Spotify to find all of the most recent podcast and make sure to go and check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance and all of the social media platforms that we have from myself zach newberry and co-host heavy d 
We're out. See you next week. Yeah.